everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I ran into a really powerful story this week, and I want you to listen to it. I thought it was very well written, and it kind of talks about what we're talking about over the next couple of moments. A young university student was frustrated, lonely, and a little bit depressed. The relentless assault on his faith through faculty and friends had pretty much taken their toll upon his life. The university life wasn't what he really expected. He, he thought he knew a lot about the world, but in reality, he'd grown up in sort of a cloistered Christian environment of church, camps, and children's choirs. The temptations of college life, the women, the substance, the parties were all alluring, but amazingly, almost supernaturally, he remained pretty strong. Through a strange turn of events, he met someone named Scott. Scott had had some real dark problems with addiction and burglarizing homes. He was literally putting his life on the line. Because this student was challenged to pray for him, to pray for Scott, this young man went back to his dorm room, knelt down, rested his elbows on an air conditioning unit, and prayed that Scott would become a follower of Christ. At the time, the prayer seemed like a hopeless petition, just lobbing a Hail Mary toward God. The next day, the student woke up and was walking to class, and even though the university had some 40,000 students, Scott found him and began to engage him in conversation. During this talk, Scott made a shocking statement. He looked at this young guy and said, there's something different about you, something unique. And then he said, I want what you have. So over the next few moments, this young apprehensive man was able to explain to his far away from God friend, Scott, what it meant to have a personal relationship with Christ. And he had a courtside seat as he watched him with tears streaming down his face, kneel and receive the grace and mercy of God. He watched him get rescued. I thought that was a a pretty amazing story because I know the guy in the article, that guy was me. It was the first time I had an opportunity to be involved in the rescue. It was the first time I was able to sit down and see someone step over the line, someone let go of their sin and receive Jesus. On top of that, it was the first time I ever invited someone to the church I was attending who had never really been to church before and I saw church through their eyes. I didn't realize it, but God was preparing me, calling me to help start Fellowship Church. And sure enough, over the ensuing years, Lisa and I were able to come up here 
and start Fellowship Church. And I'm just gonna tell you, the moment you have that opportunity to, to see someone step over the line, to see someone receive the life ring, your life will never, ever be the same. Now, I know in a crowd this size, we have a lot of people who are believers. In fact, I would say the majority of us would say, yeah, Ed, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. And then the minority here would be those who have not received the life ring. You're still sort of testing the waters. You're, you're, you're thinking about it. Maybe you find yourself on one of those poor flotation devices that we've been talking about. You remember those boat cushions I bought at Kmart? on the boat cushions that said, this is not to be used as a flotation device. In other words, if you try to use it as a flotation device, ultimately you would sink. And that's what we do in this life, isn't it? Some people use possessions. God is not anti-possessions. Some people think possessions in and of themselves will do the deal. Yet that's a poor flotation device. Still others use fame. That's a poor flotation device. Some use pleasure, that's a poor flotation device. So many people are drowning and don't even know it. Yet the God of the universe uses people, you and me, to throw the ring. So I'll let you say it this way. We do the throwing, God does the towing. We do the throwing, God does the towing. So the ring is the thing. The hope is the rope, and the rope, of course, is tethered to the only thing Jesus ever built, the local church, and we pull so the house will be full. Jesus said in the book of Acts chapter one, verse eight, you shall be my, let's say it together, witnesses. What in the world is a witness? A witness is someone who, as we've been saying, tells the truth about what has happened in their life. That's what it means to be a witness. That's God's plan A. I'll say it again, that's God's plan A. God uses people to share his message. Think about how Jesus called the disciples. He called them and they found others and they found people that they knew, people they were connected with. That's the biblical mandate. Jesus said, you will be my witness. So I kind of thought back on that story a little bit this past week. I was thinking about it, praying about it. And I was saying to myself, why, Ed, why, why, why did you share with that, with that guy named Scott? The guy who was addicted to drugs, the guy who was kicked off Clemson University basketball team for stealing and doing all sorts of things. And the Florida State criminals, I mean Seminoles, picked him up. Why, why, Ed, did you, did you share? Why? I mean, you were playing Division I basketball like this guy. Obviously, we had things in common. We were about the same age. We were both playing basketball. We both didn't have the greatest of careers. Why, why, why did I, did I share with him? Well, the first reason is I've got a boatload of blessings, and so do you. Have you, have you ever thought about the blessings that, that you have and I have? I mean, obviously, we're commanded to share Jesus, but think about the blessings we have. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and following, you can read the rest when you go home. It says, praise be 
to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Fellowship, I love that name. The word is koinonia, it means in common. Fellowship, great name for a church. Fellowship, a bunch of fellows rowing the ship in the right direction. And when we keep our eyes on Jesus, the fellowship always runs by drowning hunks of humanity. But think about the, think about the, the ships that, that we have, the blessings and the ships that we have on the fellowship. We have relationships, we have discipleships, we have leadership, we have partnership, we have friendship, we have churchmanship, we have kinship, we have workmanship, ship, 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 ship. We have a lot of ships on the fellowship. And the Bible says that the blessings of God are, are just ima unimaginable. Think about some of these blessings. I just jotted these down this week. We're elected as saints. We're elected. In other words, God knew who would be the elect before we were born. Yet within that, we have a freedom of choice. Don't worry, you don't have the bandwidth, nor do I to understand that. It's the sovereignty of God and the free will of men. All I know is I wasn't even running for anything and I got elected. You'll get that later. Also, we're adopted as children of God. Do you realize in the Bible, you could disown a biological child, but you could not disown an adopted one? We're adopted. You're adopted if you're a follower of Christ in the family of God. We're accepted as beloved. We're redeemed through his blood. We have forgiveness for our sins. We know the mystery of God's will for our lives. We have this inheritance in Christ and We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. You know what that word means? Oh, that's a good place to clap. It means sealed by the Holy Spirit of God means earnest money. It's like the down payment. You will receive power, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power, that word power is dunamis. We get the word dynamite from it. The other day I went to our storage unit with Lisa. Yeah, she is a storage unit, not me. And I helped her roll the door up and I was like, Lisa, we have that. I didn't know we have that and that and that and this and that and that. I believe for a lot of us, we've not rolled up the storage unit. We don't realize what we have, who we are in Christ. So why share Jesus with others? Because we have a boatload of blessings. Here's another reason why we should share Jesus with others. God has tasked us with the privilege to be his spokesperson. Now that, that, that's heavy. I am God's spokesperson in my body of water. People in my body of water need my personality, my gift mix, my pain, my successes, which have only come because of God, my body of water needs that, and only I can give that. I literally am God's breath, and so are you. Where do you go to school? Flower Mound. Okay. You 
are God's spokesperson in Flower Mound. High school? Yeah, Flower Mound High School. You're it. Now, just think about that. All the people you know that I don't know, all the stuff you're involved in that I'm not involved in, you are God's spokesperson. So it's like, man, I have so many blessings, so many gifts, so many abilities. I'm God's spokesperson. My group, my sphere of influence needs my personality. Now that is a, that's an earth-shattering thing to think about, isn't it? We don't really think about it. 96% of Christians have never shared their faith. Never. Wow, that's convicting. I've had opportunities to share my faith, and I've, I just tell you, I've been ashamed of the gospel. Man, I shouldn't say something because they might take it the wrong way, or I'm a little bit fearful, you know, or, or, or what, and this is me talking, what if I don't know the answer to every question? Well, I am going to be fearful. <laughs> I'm not going to know the answer to every question. I'm just called to throw the ring. I throw God toes. I don't save anybody. I repeat, I don't rescue anybody. God finds you. We don't find God. But within that, we do have a decision. And within that, we're commanded over and over and over and over and over again to witness. Do you realize most people become Christians? Most people become followers of Christ in a one-on-one setting? It's not in this mass evangelism thing. Now, we share the gospel here. What's the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection is the power of God. I'll talk about that in a second. And we give people an opportunity to receive the ring, and many do. But I'm telling you, most people who step over the line and become followers of Christ, this happens in a one-on-one setting. So that means that you, and, and that means that, that me, me, and I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm a, I'm a guy, we're all, we all were fatally flawed, right? Those of us who are Christians, we've been radically rescued, and we should radically rescue others because of the blessings and because we ask to be God's spokesperson. You know, important people always have, always have a spokesman. Have you noticed that? Oh, the spokesman said for Tom Brady, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, we are God's spokesman. Romans chapter one, verse 16. I talked about being ashamed of the gospel. I talked about the power of the gospel. It says this, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. See the power of God there? Other than the life of Jesus, the only time the power of God is mentioned the way it's mentioned is in the context of the gospel. Let me say that again. The only time the power of God is used other than talking about Jesus is in the gospel. We are carrying the power of God around. Every meeting, every game, every time I tee off, every time I work out, every time I cook, every time I shop, 
I am carrying with me, if I'm a follower of Christ, the power of the gospel, the power to transform lives. And too many times I forget that. Too many times I'm so involved in this and that. Sometimes I'm so involved in church business, I forget to allow God to do business in my life, which is throwing the ring. Because the ring is the thing, right? The hope is the rope, pull so the house will be. Oh, we got it now. I'll tell you another reason why we should share our faith and why I share my faith that day. It puts the world back on its axis when I am sharing my faith. If you have good theology, you're going to be a rescuer. And if you're a rescuer, you're gonna have good theology. Lisa and I live with pain. I don't think the grief of losing our daughter will ever leave us. I'd be lying to you if I, if I said that. I mean, we'll be forever changed. That's a lot of pain. God's blessed us in many areas and we've had a lot of fun times in our lives, a lot of unbelievable times. I mean, I get to be a pastor, not I have to, I get to do this. Yet I've seen God already, just through our friendships and relationships, leverage our pain and leverage our triumphs for his glory. Whenever we meet someone, if I'm meeting someone and shaking somebody's hand, first thing I'm thinking about, if I'm really a rescuer is, is this person a follower of Christ? And then next, God, what part do you want me to play in this rescue? Because God is searching and rescuing. There's no doubt about it. Have you joined it? Because I'll say it again, the most important thing that's going on in the universe is when someone is sharing Jesus with someone else. It is the most important thing. Well, there's another reason why I share Jesus with, with Scott, and this is a, kind of a tough subject, but I'll bring it up again, because of hell, the, the reality of hell. If we believed in hell, it would really change everything that we do because I've never locked eyes with someone who is not a forever being. And at Flower Mound High School, you're gonna rub shoulders with a lot of people who are going to hell. I'm just straight up. And that's difficult to even understand in our limitations, but you are. If you really understood that, if I really understood that, it would change the way I pray, the way I preach, the way I walk, the way I talk. My friends, if I believe the Bible, who don't know the Lord Jesus are drowning. It's funny how people use, as I alluded to earlier, poor flotation devices to keep their head above water. Great example, Tom and Giselle Brady. I doubt we have a couple that looks like them here. Maybe a few, but not very many. <laughs> On top of that, I doubt a lot of you have the portfolio that they do. I doubt you have the fame that they do. They're not followers of Christ. 
I'm not judging them, but they're not Christians. I've read interviews, I know. So you can sit there and tell me you're gonna use those flotation devices that they've used and you think that's gonna get you where you need to go. Their lives are in shambles, young people. Don't look to somebody who's using a Kmart boat cushion. Doesn't matter how much fame, doesn't matter how much money, doesn't matter how much popularity. People without Jesus are going to hell. Why do you think Jesus kept the pace he kept? Is there a hell? Why did Jesus do the last thing in bodily form, which was share himself with the thief on the cross? Why did he do that right before he died? Is there a hell? Why did he weep over the city of Jerusalem? Is there a hell? Why did he cry when the rich young ruler, you could say the biblical Tom Brady, spun on his heels and rejected Jesus? Is there a hell? So if there's not a hell, let's just liquidate. First Corinthians chapter 15 says, and partay all the time, partay all the time, because it doesn't really matter. But if there is, that's to change the way I look at my money. It should change the way I look at my time. It should change the way I look at my relationships. It should change everything. One time Jesus told a story, this is a really scary story, of a conversation between heaven and hell. This, this guy, Lazarus, died, and his friend went to heaven, he went to hell, and after he'd been in hell five minutes, he turned into this evangelist. And the conversation goes in Luke 16. Warn my brothers, tell them about this place of torment. And the answer was, you're too late. You're too late. Here's another reason why I share Jesus and why I shared with my friend, because of the celebration in eternity that takes place when someone steps over the line and when someone receives the ring. There's a standing ovation that never sits down the moment a fatally flawed, drowning, and depraved sinner grabs the life ring of reconciliation. There's a party that goes on. Not only that, but there's a party and there will be a giant celebration when we get to heaven by virtue of how God used you and me to toss the rings because something that's lost doesn't find itself. Have you noticed that? No. It doesn't. But the Bible says that there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, sharing the gospel is something angels can't do. Did you know that? Only human beings can do it. The ring is the thing. The hope is the rope pull so the house will be full. You know, the beautiful thing about this is we're gonna discover how next week and the next week, how to do this. How do you get into a conversation with someone about this? I'm gonna teach you how to do that. I've never done that before in this context. 
Also, we're gonna find out how to get out of the conversation. Or maybe you're starting a conversation and they kind of do like this. How do you know when to, when to back up? We're gonna talk about that next week. But I wanna tell you right now, right where you're seated, if you're a follower of Christ, anybody, anybody can throw the ring. If you don't believe me, listen to this story. Dear Fellowship Church, my name is Stacy Lewis. I never thought I would end up being someone that needed to be rescued. I grew up in church, knew the Bible, and I began to believe the lie that I knew enough and could do this on my own. Slowly but surely, I lived the next 15 years without God as my center, searching for happiness in all of the wrong places, failed relationship after failed relationship, raising kids as a divorced mom, trying to get ahead, trying to succeed, and the pressure of trying to do it all on my own. One day, I was offered cocaine to help keep me up to get it all done. I took it that night, and it worked. But that began the downward spiral of a new norm for me, a downward spiral that nearly cost me my life. One day, I found myself struggling to breathe. I had contracted strep type A, but the effect of the disease was heightened because of my drug use. I spent eight days inebated, missing my son's seventh birthday. When I woke up, I was told that I would only see my kids under supervised visitation due to the drugs being in my system. The next few months were the worst of my life. For two months, I ate through a feeding tube inserted in my abdomen. My body weight got as low as 92 pounds, but even more painful was the temporary loss of my kids. I fell into depression and anxiety. Then one day, I started opening up with my friends, Chris and Christina, and they invited me to join them at their church. That's when I started coming to Fellowship Church. I heard about a retreat coming up for women at Alasso Ranch, and I'll never forget staring at my phone, nervous and reluctant to sign myself up. I am so thankful that I did. I went and I met some amazing women who related with me, who made me feel comfortable, and who are still some of my best friends today. I'll never forget the words Pastor Lisa shared that first night talking about the death of her daughter, that in all hardships, we can turn away from why this is happening to what God can do because of the circumstance. That changed my life. That weekend, I was thrown a life ring. Jesus rescued me, and I made the decision to stop doing life my way and start doing it his way with his help. I went back to church, got involved, and started serving every chance I got. My life started to change, and my favorite part of my rescue story is what began happening for both of my kids, Avon and Gavin. Through FC Kids, they began discovering how much God loves them, and both have now made the personal decision to follow Jesus and get baptized. A year after that weekend at Alasso, I had a woman in my office started underperforming in her work to the point I was told I needed to let her go. I called her and asked, what was going on, 
and she began to open up to me. I saw my old self in her, and I knew God was telling me that she needed to be rescued. That woman's name is Angelique. Dear Fellowship Church, my name is Angelique Cruz. Not too long ago, I was living a life of chaos and self-destruction. My marriage of 13 years was in pieces. I had ruined and sabotaged every friendship I had left and had even started disregarding my relationships with my sons. I no longer cared about anything. Depression and anxiety had taken over my life and I thought, this will be your last year on earth. Why does it matter? All I cared about was drinking and numbing the pain. One day, my boss, Stacy, called me, not to belittle me or to scold me, but to simply ask what was going on. Something told me to be completely honest with her, so I did, and at that exact moment, she started working with me and invited me to come with her to the sisterhood getaway. I was very guarded and nervous, but when I went, but, but I went, and at the moment I walked into Alasa Ranch, I saw everyone smiling and hugging and so full of joy. I remember thinking, there's no way this is real. People are not like this where I'm from. Slowly, I started learning that so many of these amazing, joyful women were also once damaged or hurt. Some were even still fighting battles just like me. Yet even so, they had so much joy. I wanted what they had, and they told me Jesus could do the same thing for me that he did for them. With their help, I prayed and asked Jesus to rescue me. All I could think about after that was coming home and sharing what I had experienced with my boys. I realized how much pain I had caused them. I thought they were better off without me, but now I realized they needed me, and they needed me to point them to Jesus. It was a very, like, toxic home with my dad and my mom. For the longest, I thought my parents didn't love me and stuff. Because, <laughs> like, you know, going through that when I was young and with my parents, you know, fighting all the time and my mom being an alcoholic and I really never had anyone to talk to. And then I just remember when my mom got back from fellowship, man, never seen anything like it and changing my life forever. And even the first couple of days when I started going to fellowship, it's a whole new thing. Like, just met all these new people, all these new people that wanted to talk to me and hear my story and, like, actually wanted to, like, hear what I've gone through. Changed my whole life and my whole family's life. Since that weekend, we've come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday night to the youth, and I began to see my sons find what I found at Alasa Ranch. One by one, just like me, Jesus rescued them. We all served together, wanting others to find what we found, because now joy, filled, joy fills our home instead of sadness, depression, and addiction. I'm celebrating now being 212 days sober, Thank you, Stacy, and thank you, Fellowship Church, for helping rescue our family. Sincerely, Angelique Cruz. Well, is that powerful? You guys come down here for a second, please. So, 
Here, here's the beauty of this. Stacy, if you walk down here, Stacy received the ring, the life ring, which is Jesus. And not only did she receive it, her kids, and she was invited by this couple, Chris and Christina. And then on top of that, you have Parkers, greeters, ushers, FC kids, volunteers, and they're all a part of the pool. So let's say this represents the church. Look at this. Absolutely amazing. But here's the, here's the great thing about it. God used all of these people to pull. But if one dropped out and one's like, you know what? I'm not gonna show up. I'm not gonna be a part of the pool. It would be incomplete, wouldn't it? And now, here's what happened. She tossed the ring. Angelique, you can come down here. I'll make you run again. <laughs> she tossed the ring to Angelique. Her kids received the ring. And you have this beautiful fellowship church story. That, friends, is what we're about. The ring is the, the ring is the. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this message that all of us need to hear. I wanna pray for those here who are believers. If you're a Christian and you've never had the opportunity to invite someone or more importantly, to share with someone one-on-one, -on -one, I pray that you would just simply say, God, give me the horsepower to do so and give me the handles to do so. Others of us here, maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you're drowning. Maybe you're using a poor flotation device. And maybe now, right now is your time, only God knows, to let go of your sin, let go of those flotation devices and grasp the life ring. You do it by simply saying, Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sins and I turn to you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And right now in this service of worship, I receive the life ring. I ask you to come into my life. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.